correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be session 14 of our Waterdeep Dragon Heist run-through. My name is Tom. I will be your friendly GM slash DM as per usual. Let's go around and meet our awesome players and characters for today. Hi, I'm Mark. I am playing Hurst, the half-orc druid man of the people, ostensibly, although he hasn't done too much of... (laughs) And also doesn't get along with people at all. Well, he likes people. He just doesn't like individuals. Likes people as a a thing. He knows that people are important, <laughs> but on a one-on-one basis, a lot of people just don't kind of make sense to him. Hey, I'm um, Sam. I play Izzy, a rock gnome wizard. Very important question. What colour is Izzy's hair today? Oh. Inquiring minds must know. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. The fans demand it. Cerulean today. Oh my. <laughs> I'm going to admit to be a plebeian and not know what Cerulean is. It's uh, blue. <laughs> Okay, uh, if you play like Pokemon, Tom would know that one of the cities is Cerulean City. They're all named after colours. Okay. I am Nick, playing also Nick. The verisimilitude is strong. Is um, Nick Locke, one of the, one half of the Locke twins, um, and he is a dashing fellow. Bit mischievous scamp, you know, a bit of a rapscallion, <laughs> ragamuffin about town. One could even say a half-elf rogue. Thank you. You know what? Bring <laughs> him race into it. Categorise it. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm playing Lyle Hedgehoff, a halfling cleric of Timora. Fantastic. And finally... My name is Nadia. I am playing Jez Locke. She is a half-elf rogue, and uh, according to a certain podcast, Caster, a total potty mouth, so thanks, Ian. Fair. Fair. So, when we last left off, you were just about to answer the last four days of downtime before you were going to effectively finish your downtime, and then culminating in you attending a grand ball at the Casalanta Villa. I'm going to go around the table and ask everyone just really, really quick, what one little bit of research or little little scene interlude, any, anything at all that you want to have, just real quick, as kind of a, as we see a bit, a bit of a montage of your final four days of downtime, and in fact, the final four days of spring. So, let's begin with you, Jez. I think Jez would want to start getting back to a little bit more of her street roots, so to speak. So, she has spent a bit of time walking around the streets, maybe... Uh, chatting with some people that she hasn't caught up with in a while since she's been embroiled in uh, this whole situation with her new crew. And it's just asking questions to see if if anything is filtered down to street level. And sometimes that's where all the good gossip is. Oh, nice. I like that. So choose a skill. And give mm-hmm. me a, a couple of rolls. Sure. So, um, is this what I've upgraded just before? No. No, no, no. no it, it, it can be something what it, else. It can be stealth if you, if you want to say that you're, you know, lurking around in the right places and listening and spying to see what the word on the street is about the Castellantas and their villa or Grandma Death or anything, really. See what, see how well you roll and see what that can... Uh, so, I think investigation then. Perfect. That makes sense. Certainly. Four. Okay. Seventeen. 18. Great stuff. So you learn a couple of things from that, actually. You learn that it is known that their main butler, Willafort, the tiefling, is in fact not a tiefling at all. 
but a doppelganger. Formerly a resident of the Xanathar Guild, they fled and decided to basically take up the persona of a tiefling butler, and so far has been serving the Castellanters willingly and their cult of Asmodeus. But it is uh, believed that even the Castellanters do not know that Willowfort is in fact a doppelganger. Do we have any idea that he was maybe one of the ne'er-do-well doppelgangers from earlier episodes? As far as you can tell, he was probably within that group, mm. or at least associated with, and likewise fled to the surface. So not one that was not one that was in that initial core gang. Yeah. But one that, you know, had a similar idea to them, maybe got embroiled in the Xanathar guild rather than, you know, deciding to lay low. You know, took the Xanathar up on his offer, or sorry, pardon me, took Nihilor up on his offer to work for him, and then maybe when he found out that the intellect devourer was gonna happen, he went, no thank you, <laughs> and uh, decided to flee. So yeah, that is that is definitely what you find out. And was there any other little narrative scene you wanna do in the downtime before we finish up? Do you wanna do the scene with Yes, let's do that. Okay, so we open on the tavern. It's one, It's an early morning and the kids are running around outside. They bring in the latest profits from your, your scroll business, your scroll recycling program. And little Nat, you realize, since the fireball incident, although she was unhurt, half of her hair was burnt off. And so she's become very self-conscious about that. And so now typically actually wears a hood which is not something that she did previously. And you notice that one one day she comes in to deliver the profits from the bookworm. She looks a little bit more disgruntled than she normally does. So as she, as kids do, just they run everywhere, as she kind of goes to, you know, skid by me, mm -hmm. I kind of almost grab her by the scruff. She signs the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I flip her hood down. Okay. And she just, you know, sort of frowns and says, and signs to you, don't. I'm leaving it up till my hair grows back. It looks stupid. Jez just signs to her and says, why wait until it grows? Let's do something interesting with it instead. And... She signs, go on. She whips out, uh, essentially, a straight razor. Oh. And pulls out a chair and plonks her down on the chair and signs, do you trust me? <laughs> she, she stares very pointedly at the straight razor in your hand <laughs> and then eventually nods and signs yes. So she grabs a tablecloth off a nearby table, wraps it around her, and basically just proceeds to give her a nice close shave over the, the side of, of her head where the frayed and oddly cut hair has been since the um, the flames have damaged it. So, And then once I do that, and I do that very well with a lot of time and making sure that I'm doing it with clean lines and you know that it's, it's shaped very nicely to mm -hmm. uh, the way her hair grows on her head and then I run upstairs, grab a mirror and come downstairs and hold it up in front of her. Nice. And so, of course, with the, with the right side of her head shaved and the rest of it cut neatly, she would uh, resemble your haircut, in fact, or Jez's haircut. Mini Jez. Little mini Jez. Aww. Aww. So, and she, she signs to, to um, Nat, what do you think? So Nat just has the most ridiculously beaming smile on her face and then just like spends a good few minutes looking at it and then like putting herself next to you and essentially doing the mirror reflection pose of a selfie. Yeah, we start doing like, you know, muscle poses and stuff in front of the mirror. And... Beautiful. Lyle. So Lyle is spending the time probably in the uh, the Lock Twins obstacle course. Okay. In order to get himself a little bit more nimble up and down um, uh, walls and what have you. Great stuff. A little bit of strength. Be able to try and help. Try to be able to uh, keep up or engaged in second story work which is um, oftentimes been uh, the norm. This is very true. Also the grandma lock of course is there shouting out words of encouragement and occasionally bringing you muffins in between. 
I'm, you'd like I'm, the door to, let, to stop her from getting in, but she came in anyway. <laughs> so rather than, I'm having a warden now. So, rather uh, than a halfling's dream, you should, what you yeah. want to do is just feed your snacks. So rather than have like a Gatorade break, you have like a muffin break and then just sort of... You deserve a muffin break. <laughs> okay, so um, is there any research that you want to do right. on anything in particular? I'll do something, but I feel like this may need to also involve Hurst in some way. Great, bring him in. All right, Hurst, I'm going to... Lay it out for you about as plainly as I possibly can. Yagra mm-hmm. Stonefist has some sort of plan. Yagra Stonefist is also uh, working with the Harpers at this point, as opposed to whatever it is, whatever street gang that she was trying to get the locks involved with. I will give you for free, Lyle and Izzy, being members of the Harpers, and mm-hmm. so therefore privy to the information. Yes. You know for a fact that your main contact, Nalmo Raz, yes. the tiefling with a prosthetic leg, she wants to work with Yagra to infiltrate the Xenathar Guild as mm-hmm. well. And so they were looking to pool resources. The high-level concept that you had was that Yagra wanted to infiltrate as gladiators because the Xenathar yeah. hosts basically a fight club, gladiatorial events, where mm-hmm. adventurers, monsters fight monsters. How do we know about it, given the first two rules? <laughs> he has different... <laughs> knowing looks and yeah. written words. So, oh, the written word. Damn it. <laughs> so, so Yagra was looking to get the Doom Raiders in as a essentially a fight club squad, because mm-hmm. they mostly do you know, team battles and so forth, as, yeah. is, as is typical yeah. for gladiatorial events in the D&D world, with spellcasters and warriors and all that kind of thing. First... You're a man of the people. You are what is referred to as a folk hero. I'm not sure if you're aware. Um, yeah, sure. People seem to like you. Uh, Okay. Possibly because they don't know you. Is... I have plants to tend to. Yeah. (laughs) So here's my thing. If Yagos was looking to try and break in uh, under the guise of being a gladiator, it occurs to me that someone like you would possibly be at least a decent draw, or at least a way of capturing some attention there, and we need at some point to get into the Xenathar Guild to get access to their stone. Let's just turn to the guy with the plus two strength modifier, because apparently he's the battle tank in our team. Yes, it's true. But also, you're the one that you're the one that transforms into, you know, apes and bears and the like. Mm. The crowd love that shit. Is, is that allowed? Yes. Yes. Like, I thought, you know, you're city folk and you, you don't like... You're allowed to have a team member that's a chimera. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're allowed to turn into an ape. Let, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. Gladiator fights in Waterdeep are pretty boring if someone doesn't transform into something else. Exactly. Okay, so first, first two rounds, summon two apes. Second round, turn into a third ape. Yes, form a gang. <laughs> Yagos tried to, a number of times, uh, make overtures in both yours and the locks' directions. Now, the locks themselves, if we break into the Xenothar Guild, are going to be busy. But... She must have been talking very subtly, because I don't remember any of this. Yes. As I say, as I cast my mind back... (laughs) No, wait. Subtle. No, no, no. (laughs) Actually, no, I do do remember her, uh, Yagra, asking. I think Hurst was offended because he felt like... The only other half-orc. Well, like, yeah, he would be playing into racial stereotypes and be a spectacle. Yes. And I don't know if you want to see it as that way or not... in the midst of this exchange, but nonetheless, the simple fact is, is that you would be a draw. You would get more people, more eyes. More eyes means more attention on the uh, pit, means less eyes on wherever it is that we need to go. So you want me to be a distraction? I want you to see if we can reach out to Yagra and see if we can uh, get ourselves involved in this heist. And I think offering your services as some sort of gladiatorial hero is just the way to do that. Well, I'm a, I don't like this plan. I don't like the gladiator thing. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. And she wants me to fight because I look like an orc. 
Let me be clear. I, she doesn't want anything. I am putting this forward to you. Well, no, like she offered in the past, mm. right? Like, I know you don't, you see this is just a useful thing to do. Yes. Like wading through the sewers. Sometimes you wade through the sewers to get to underneath a house or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I could probably do that. To be fair, also, Yagra wanted, Yagra came to you and, and the Lock Twins, being childhood friends, with this proposition begrudgingly. Her first plan was the Doom Raiders because, mm. frankly, she works at the Doom Raiders, but she's actually more fond of all of you, and so mm. doesn't didn't want to involve you in this risky endeavor. Secondly, the reason that she came to you is not so much that you're a half orc because it is merit based. You need to actually audition to get into the gladiatorial pits. You'll need to have a trial in order to be worthy to do so. And so, in her desperation, came to you because she knows that you're tough. There are there are multiple advantages, but there's one very clear one. Mm-hmm. If you're there and word gets out that you're there, odds are good is that you're going to draw some attention. We want you to be drawing attention. Yeah, well, I've never been especially subtle. Actually, that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> her stealth score is pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> of all Different things. definitions yeah. of subtle, I guess. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's like, you know, he's a... You've been direct. Yes. When is this gladiatorial thing supposed to take place? Will it be oh, they, before or after? Uh, oh, it's fair. After. Oh, no. they, they have them every couple of ten days. Sweet. All right. There's no, there's no hard time frame on that at all. Cool. That gives us some time. Absolutely. And any other research that you want to do? Any skill rolls to find out, you know, fun facts about anything? Yep. The Castle Lanterns or, gra- or uh, Grandma Death? or your blackguard uh, target. We found stuff, you found stuff specifically in uh, Trollskull, uh, in the grounds, didn't you? Some sort of... Yeah, so Hurst found that Trollskull uh, has been essentially cultivated to be a nexus of bad juju. Uh, and Hurst is working on and off when he can to sort of uh, purify that, but that's a long-term project of his. All right, I might leave that for you and Izzy to do. Mm-hmm. For my part, I'm looking for ways not necessarily to break into the castle lands because i figure we've got access but rather a way to break out so what mm-hmm. i'm looking for are ways in which that we can say either head out through the sewers or through some other uh, clandestine means if we do manage to successfully break in get the stone and then look to make an escape okay fantastic well any any three skill rolls using whatever three skills you would normally use to obtain information uh probably persuasion yeah perfect just talk to people get some answers etc yeah. so we see a, a few scenes of you you know inviting people into troll skull maybe having a, a drink, you know, buying them some drinks, <coughs> schmoozing some underworld figures, some overworld figures, maybe yep. we see you talking to a wealthy merchant or two and some uh, scoundrel-looking fellows and then, you know, perhaps even mm. a noble or two as well. Uh, Fifteen on persuasion. Good. And then the other two? Second one is going to be uh, stealth, following uh, the comings and goings of the Castle Lanterns, getting some ideas as to uh, who and how often they get in. Great. All three can be the same skill, by the way. It doesn't have to be... Oh, no. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do about variety. We'll, we'll, we'll mix it up. Just more. 11. 11, okay. And then third and final? Third and final. Probably going to be a bit more of the risky one. A slight of hand. Oh my. Okay then. And that one's going to be a 20... 24. Wow. Okay. That's... Yeah, I have to give you something special for that. So we'll, we will say that you find out actually quite a bit about the structure of the cult of Asmodeus. Mm-hmm. And you realise that they actually have a temple to Asmodeus in their basement. Yes. And you know for a fact, because you speak to somebody that was instrumental in crafting some of the wards that it has, that it is, first of all, as you would expect, an, un- an unholy place that also doubles as the crypt the Castellanta's ancestors are buried. Oh. Notable, in fact, mostly because of the fact that Osvaldo Castellanta, the main patriarch, his father was actually a reasonable hero in the past. A noble, a noble soul. 
I suppose that's where they get their reputation or where it began. Exactly so. He's a powerful hero in the north, and you know that the temple itself lies directly under the villa. You know that all the ceremonies and so forth basically take place there. You know for a fact that on this night, during this ball, all their functions, Mm. there will be a ceremony being conducted in the temple, and likely the lieutenants of the cult, being Grandma Death Um, and Mamoros, will be down down there, not attending the party. Maybe briefly at first, but then will quickly make their way down to perform whatever dark rites they intend. Sometimes this involves sacrifice, Sometimes this involves orgies or whatever else uh, the particular ritual calls for. You know that it is absolutely warded against divination mm-hmm. and uh, transportation magically in or out. Makes so sense. what that means is that you can teleport within the temple, so mm-hmm. from one room to another, mm-hmm. but you cannot teleport in, you cannot teleport out, and nothing circumvents it. To be extra, extra safe, they've not put any fail safe in whatsoever. But that also means that there's no method by which they can scry in there at all, and yeah. nobody inside can send out a, a distress message at all period once we're in we're in we're free exactly so you do have a know that they were very very sure to make sure that there were no other ex- entrances or exits from the temple there is no sewer access there is yep. nothing like that there is rumored to be a river that leads to the underdark that goes from the temple into basically the underdark wow but it is so deep this temple it would be it's under the sewers yeah put it that way mm. it, isn't, it isn't just you know below their basement you know that you access it through a secret door in the cellar so you find that out that's very cool and that's about it but still good to know very good and Nick I will as mentioned last week I uh, commissioned like a little shrine to be built like a little obelisk with a plaque commemorating Agatha perfect and within that I incorporate the head of the nimble rites indeed an old fashioned you know head of the enemy thing of course and I will have bronzed as part of the plaque something I forgot last week is I will bronze Squidly's little uh, wooden sword that he asked me to get revenge with that I used to kill the nimble rites I'll have that bronzed as part of the plaque and underneath right all of that. And I will also at the same time commission a new wooden sword for him in the likeness of a little rapier, perhaps. Oh, nice. Since he likes the pirate play. He does. And I shall furnish him with that. That's perfect. So I think we have a little scene, and it's on a, a beautiful spring morning. You know, the fog is just rolling away, and you have invited him out to see the plaque as it's finally been constructed, and other people in the neighborhood are around, and, you know, he sees the plaque, he sees his bronze sword, and he just kind of, like, sits there and takes his pirate hat off. No. And, and, and holds it to his chest and then turns to you and puts a, a little clawed hand on, on your shoulder and says, when I grow up, I want to be exactly like you, only slightly better. <laughs> there, is no, there is no greater achievement or harder challenge. <laughs> it's no easier challenge than being slightly better than being long. I mean, she just accomplishes it every day. Oh! <laughs> That was like the uh, story component. Nice. As for the active component, oh, yes, I guess, I will uh, gossip and rake my way around the uh, sort of the lesser noble families, listening for gossip and intrigue about the Castellander's upcoming party. Okay, um, good. Rather than mucking around in the sewers and with the gutter trash and whatnot, as is befitting man of my status. Perfect. Which is actually completely fake. Perfect. Um, yeah, so <laughs> pretty bit carousing, drinking, just trying to find out whatever I can, you know, gossip, what often happens, do people disappear at certain points? Yeah. None of the guys, I guess, if, oh, in every party she runs off and disappears for an hour, I think she's having it on with the gardener. Indeed. You know, it's like, oh, yes, that, or as mood is. Three persuasion rolls. That's a natural 20. <laughs> wow. Coming in yes. at 29, natural 20. Wow. Okay. Should so I bother rolling the others? No. <laughs> <laughs> so here's 29. The, so here's the thing. You find out so much. You find out that as a special treat to show their benevolence and their philanthropy, 
on this, the first night of summer ball, <laughs> they are going to be inviting a selection of commoners, 99 in fact, to attend a separate charity ball out in their palace grounds. Oh, sounds awful. And supposedly they are going to be cracking open a very, very special case of their family vintage wine to serve them and only them. So only these lesser oh, folks no. are going to have the opportunity, the opportunity to indulge in this beautiful house red while the real party in the ball goes on with the nobles inside. They're not going to mix them. Good lord. Um, but no, apparently the grounds outside yeah. are going to have a pavilion set up with some entertainers and so forth. And yeah, exactly exactly 99. They don't make evidence of the fact they're looking for 99. It's just that that's... It's going to be you, 99. You look at the guest list and you're like, huh. And that's the case. You also find out through your underworld contacts that a very, very large dosage of Midnight Tears yeah. has been ordered. Now, Midnight Tears for those that don't know is a magical poison which essentially if if you have ingested it at the stroke of midnight on whatever day that is that's when the poison takes effect so it's very useful in rituals in which a certain number of people oh I don't know 99 perhaps (laughs) all have to die at the same time so on the stroke of midnight anyone who has midnight tears in their system will be dead in theory you can survive but yeah, not know. a commoner constitution an adventurer yeah. might it, with the, okay so in game terms with the hit points of these mm. commoners yeah, dock yeah. workers will have it, it'll be impossible they will they will die so there you are you also hear rumour that none other than the open lord of Waterdeep Larell Silverhand has been given an invitation and is perhaps rumour has it actually going to attend this time. She attends very, very few noble functions, but yeah. this could be it. You is also she... know that Nevercott is invited and uh. is coming as well. <laughs> is she, because um, I don't know, out of game, is she a, a jerk noble or a good noble? No, or... she's she's essentially one of the Seven Sisters, which is kind of like the Justice League of Forgotten Realms. Oh, so like, she's, she's, she's a very bit... Chosen, she's a, chosen of Mistral. She's a chosen okay. of the goddess of magic. So the kind of person who wouldn't take kindly to the Asmodeus Temple. Oh but... my heavens. Okay, I don't know, because she... Also probably won't die from the poison. But oh, she's, the, she's not a commoner. She's, she's not a commoner. She won't be involved. She's right. not one of the 99. Right. right. With the, so, let's see if I can just fix this right here and now. Yes, uh, with my 29 persuasion, could I convince someone just like to swap the barrels out? You can get an antidote. Yeah. I just like, convince them to put the antidote in the wine. Absolutely. So what? it's just like, you know, they put the poison in, it's all good. And he's just like... So you can, obt- I'll say that you can obtain the antidote, but it, yeah. it might be double and triple checked by the Castellanders yeah, before right. it's given out. So, but someone could someone suddenly go down there and administer the uh, antidote. That's or even one thing. of the commoners. These are definitely the actions of a family who was 100% preoccupied with preserving their children. Yeah, no, I think we're, yes. One other interesting tidbit, I'm just going to give you all the interesting tidbits I can possibly think of, mm-hmm. to be frank, Sweet. just because that was just so great. You find out that uh, Mam- Mamoros, uh, Trenoth, the blackguard, your, your actual mm-hmm. target, looking into him and so forth, he was the head, the head of the army that fought in the slaughter He's a head of, member, all right. in the slaughter of Many Arrows Fields, yeah. which is where Hurst's Ooh. grandfather and grandmother died. What happened there was the kingdom of many arrows was the first benevolent civilized orc kingdom that had an actual agreement an actual agreement with the rest mm. of the realms you know they were a peaceful orc kingdom you know originally king Orbald many arrows said you know let us yeah, be civilized let us, let us be better I want to create an actual society of orcs yes and, but there was like a big stonking war between uh, the dwarves <laughs> and the elves before that yes exactly so but it became an actual you know proper kingdom however there was contingents from there that wanted to do some trade and so forth and there was a collection of goodly quote-unquote paladins and clerics and so forth that decided to set up with a mercenary company and basically slaughter 
the political envoy en route, and they did so. Many of them lost faith with their gods for doing so, because they were all paladins and clerics mm-hmm. of Torm and Tyr, who just had very radical views, and it turns out that in most cases, their Torm and Tyr didn't agree with that at all, and so they were all, you know, stripped, stripped of their clerichood. And as it turns out, Mamoros was a paladin of, of uh, Helm at one point, and then, no doubt, turned to Asmodeus, missing the, missing the power that he used to have. I will let Hurst know of this. Do you? Does he? Does he still present as a paladin of Helm? Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Because it's impossible to tell. Asmodeus okay. grants his black guards complete illusory of all their powers. You know, so, so they want to mm. cast all the paladin spells they can, and it, it looks like they're paladins. It's it's quite hard to tell. Wow. The the Temple of Helm still thinks he's one of them. Thinks it is. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I'll let Hurst know all this. Oh, I see. I won't keep any of this secret. I'll I'll let him know. Well, so yeah. you, so you <laughs> find this out, Hurst. Your grandparents, and not just not just grandparents, but also sizable chunk of your Good. of your people well it's going to be a shame when I really have to kill him yeah, remember to use the special dagger though yeah exactly send him straight to hell yeah. don't be using no trees Is he? yes what do you do what research do you do um, if any I would like to there's a couple of things I would like to do great um, I would look have a look at this journal that we picked up oh yes from yes. the library okay yes to take a look into what else could be going on with this house Fantastic. <laughs> Give me three, arc- I guess, arcane, arcana yep. rolls. Arcana, yep. Yes, please. You got it. Uh, 17. Mm. 22. Mm. Oh and my. a 20. No, and natural 20. Fantastic. So... What you find out is actually, is actually quite a bit. So it is exactly as Hurst discovered, which is that this is essentially a nexus. It is a place where the barrier between the Feywilds and the material plane is thin. Oh, the Feywilds? It's, it's kind of a... Cr- Very specifically, yes. Okay. But it can be either, you know, sealy or unsealy. And right now mm. it's been sort of corrupted to be sort of a... Uh, effectively a nexus point of dark fey magic dark arcane magic but Hurst is working very successfully to reverse engineer and turn it back to being a positive I would like to help in this you you, you absolutely can because although it's mostly a nature thing it is also arcane because that's the beauty of the Feywild it's like half nature half arcane magic so bingo you two working together will do this really great while you are doing this you find out that uh, Green Maggie has left some trinkets there so you realise that that one of the main sources of this corruption is the deep, deep roots of the biggest oak tree that is in the backyard. Mm. And they go really, really deep and become these sort of black, twisted, gnarled, clawed-like protrusions as you sort mm. of dig upon finding this out. Best, I'm sorry. And you find, you find something. You find 483 little dolls. Little uh, straw and wooden dolls. Oh, cool. Each one of them a child. Each one of them... <gasps> is a child. So they are bound for a future ceremony, which hopefully she will never be able to enact. But no, you realize that these are these missing children, the ones went missing from the orphanage. Yeah. They were I don't know if any of them were eaten, but it turns out they weren't eaten. They were preserved as these as these dolls. That's much worse. Much worse. But it also means they can be brought back. That's good. Oh, like to their physical form, not good. to their. <laughs> they are literally children transformed into, into dolls, dolls for a ritual to be performed oh, at a later date. Okay. Ah! Ooh, can... And they are just all tangled up in the deal. Like you're just pulling out these black black and gnarled sort of almost oil covered roots of this tree in your in your beautiful garden which is a bit annoying but I'm at least sorry, you're doing some, you're doing some good work though by getting rid of them but yeah it's the second most interesting thing I've ever dug up in the backyard I don't want to know what the first interesting thing was if this yeah. is the second interesting most interesting thing so these hundreds of dolls you know all covered in mud and so forth each of them looks vaguely like the frozen face of a small child okay we definitely need to build a few orphanages and 
and staff them before we start turning yeah, them back yeah, into yeah, children. Yeah, 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 yeah. 400 yeah. children all at once. Well, that's all right. We've got, we've got Neverember on our side, and he's all about building orphanages. Yeah. Yes. We turn them back after we find the vault and have a ton of money. They're perfectly safe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, they're just they're sort of in suspended animation, basically. Let's prioritise this, though, shall we? Yes, yes please. Because I'm going to... Uh, so, I'm going to assume that, like, a lot of them have, like, roots that are... You can't just rip them out. With, with Hurst helping, yeah. you, you can pull out the roots of the tree. Oh, no, basically. I'm talking about, like, if roots are, like, entangled around the children. No, oh, no, no, no. no. You know, like, they're all just, they're all just, like, held in the roots, so you can, un- oh. you can unwind them and have the dolls all free and put them in a pile and wash them off and I, keep yeah. them safe. Definitely fill Jess's room with them. Just, like, touch <laughs> the bottom, no! every shelf. She just walks in and is just like, she goes, 400 children dolls! Do it! Do <laughs> she goes to the washroom in the morning and there's a doll sitting there. Oh, that's oh, terrible. It's an inappropriate use of children. No. <laughs> you say that so often, it's lost all meaning. Oh my god. So that happens. Anyway, yeah. Good work. So very, the, very good. Yeah. Perfect work. Perfect work. I would also yes. like to take a look. Like, there'll be like a few minutes where Izzy takes a bit of a break because they they really want to get all these children out, out from under the tree. Of course. But they also want to take a look at, at Nim's head. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you can see the gem is there. Yes. 100%. You know also, the, the impression you get is that Nim doesn't know. Oh, so oh yeah, no, So no, no, Nim no, no, isn't no, no. at fault here. Nim, Nim also now really thinks of himself as a person and wants to like be that. and wants to be he, him, and wants to be and, and Nim. And he, he's okay with Nim, but uh, definitely wants to be regarded as a person. He thinks he's a better Nimble right the most and gets much better at crafting little birdies. Yes! My oh. tutelage is working! Indeed. <laughs> The subject of birds. Yes. You also have the raven that I think was I do. Yes. not sure if you're doing anything with that. Can I in three days? <laughs> no, I mean, the raven still is your friend and still can't leave and is still bound. And The fact is, until you kill Green Maggie, he's going to be bound yeah. here. So yeah. that's 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 for next time's problem. Because <laughs> Green Maggie will be back for these dolls. Because I've got, I've got a theory. Spoilers. Well... <laughs> Theory: The more that we unwork this corruption yes. under the under the manor mm-hmm. and in the garden, yes. I think the less hold that Green Maggie will have on. That's very true. Yeah, one hundred percent. Sorry, that. that so might. we're we're yeah, basically, and like I think the more that we undo this corruption that she's put down, mm-hmm. maybe it'll help the Raven in some way. Maybe so. Well, like maybe it'll like lessen the effects of this curse where. He constantly relives the worst parts of his life. Yeah. No, 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 that's that is damn good, good logic. I mean, just mm. generally, look, I'm just undoing whatever she's done. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. Yes. Sounds good. Solid plan. Mm. All right. So Hurst, finally Hurst. Anything in particular? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything crazy or elaborate. Just kind of like you know, any research you want to do. Any apart from trying to cleanse this dull plague. Okay, so that's. Plague. I, wow. ima- I imagine that's yes. actually probably going to be your focus for this. Right? Yeah. So yeah, please give me three survival checks. Survival, you say? Yeah. That's going to be a twenty to start off with. Mm-hmm. Good. That's also a 20. That one's a natural 20, so it's a 26. What the hell? You make some really good headway. You you start to purge some of the st- <laughs> some of the rot and filth from the roots of the tree and you preserve it. And as you do so, your flowers and plants, as much as you've already enhanced them with your druid craft, get extra bright and extra beautiful. <laughs> In fact, you think Finally. that the nature itself approves of what you're doing. And there's a beautiful scene as some of you look down from the window and you swear it's the, the clouds part and the heaven ray comes down no. upon the garden while Izzy and Hurst are hard at work. So, as we get to the very, very last night of summer, you have all been invited to the Castellanta's Summer Ball. Does this mean I have to get dressed up again? Yep, beautiful robes and wizard hat ah. again. 
Is he just like, up, up to their knees in, like, dolls? <laughs> so, I think that maybe what we'll do is, as we open our proper game today, uh, you are down in your meeting room. Yes. Always a, always a good place to start. It is the night before the party. You are due to be at the Castellanta Villa mm, fashionably in an hour or so. You are all dressed up, of course, ready, but there's actually one final thing, however. One final memory lingering in Lyle's mind as he sits there getting ready to, to host the meeting for today. Does Jez and Nick want to elaborate on that? Okay. Under spurious pretext, we, uh, I say that I need to talk with you at, let's say, 6pm and... Yes, and the rest of us, with you willing, we depart towards the yawning portal, everybody else. And upon coming down at 6pm, you find, not me, and you are disappointed for a second. Sure. And instead, Aww. you see a certain lady. <gasps> and, yes. It's Grandma Death. It is not. <laughs> Hello! I'm not surprised. <laughs> you don't have to be the last of your line anymore, Grandmother. No. <laughs> But no, it is a certain lady, uh, Lady Inkfingers. Yes, I think. And Dressed in her favorite blue puffy sleeve dress, and life has decorated using his poltergeist special effects a beautiful romantic ambiance to the place. Troll Skull Manor has been utterly removed of people, except for the two of you. As a special treat organized by Jez and Nick, maybe as an apology for leaving you to die, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, Daphna has uh, prepared meals for both of you, um, depending on what you like. Triple portions for you as a halfling. Well, she's a halfling too, so yes. Triple (laughs) portions. Oh, she can put it away. Don't you worry about that. Triple portions uh, collectively. Her favourite flowers are lilacs, and Hurst has agreed to use his (sighs) druid magic to just make dozens and dozens and dozens of them in the garden, and they're all lining the walls and so forth. And and so there, we just have a, a lovely, a lovely montage of your beautiful romantic evening. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and now we cut to your meeting room to plan death. All right. Well, <laughs> well I'm certainly happy for it. Plan some assassination. Um, oh, actually, one, one question I have. Sorry, pardon yes. me. I have one question. Uh, Lyle, do you take uh, Jarl Axel up on his offer and get her uh, the gift of a nice pen or something? Using using the voucher that he gave you. Or the, or the deed of credit, I should say. I feel like, I, yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to for no other reason that letting... All right, I'll, I'll have two minds. In one, in one instance, it kind of, you know... There's one less thing for Axel to be concerned about regarding us, but at the same time, come to discover that his gifts invariably come with a price. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. No? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say no. That's okay. Not a problem at all? Perfect. No, n- not, not if um, not if Carleen's uh, the beneficiary of something awful. But that's fair. That's very fair. And look, you have probably got a viewing crystal on the pen or something. Also. Yeah. As this progresses, you have less and less reason to trust him, so that makes perfect sense. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Please, Proceed. Party is due in an hour. I filled you guys in, and insofar as the location of the temple, mm-hmm. the fact that it's protected against uh, scrying and divination, mm-hmm. that the likelihood that both Grandmother Death and the Blackguard are going to be present in some for some part for this ritual. Well, we're counting on it, aren't we? Well, yes, but the two of them together. Well, I yes. Uh, advises that the doppelganger, you know, is uh, well, Willafort is actually a doppelganger, I should say, and that was the tiefling who we first met when we first went to their... The elderly butler tiefling, yes. Right. yes. Not the tiefling with the cutthroat from Grandma Death's carriage. No. Too different. That's, that's Whisper? And he's, yes. He's different. Just, just thought I'd double check mm. that. Mm. He's okay. always with her, so he'll be yeah. there as well. Yeah. There's also the matter of the poisoned commoners. 
which I will then explain now. Yes. That essentially, that's part of it. Um, you know, and I make some aspersions towards common folk, but overall, generally, would rather save them. If possible, I have the antidote ready to administer. We just need to administer at the last moment. How are the Castellanters planning on explaining away 99 deaths that happened at their party? It won't happen at their party. It will happen. Or perhaps it will. It depends which midnight it's tuned to. But I imagine, like all things, they'll just buy their way out of it. Claim the wine was poisoned. Probably blame us, actually, if we don't. Or as they are keeping the commoners in the grounds separate to the main party yeah. and the ball with they the never even doors. come up. Well, nevertheless, they're still under the invitation of the Castle Enders, and they explicitly are the ones providing the wine, and I assume it's not just a midnight in the horizon, it's whenever... It is, it is the, tonight. Yeah, yeah, when the clock strikes. So, it may just be they just don't care anymore. Depending yeah, on the I'm, wondering, of the, I'm wondering if they This might be some kind of essential or essential apotheosis kind of ritual uh, they making it play. First of all, they could be desperate in doing this. Second, you know for a fact from your Waterdeep history that nobles have bought themselves or politically influenced themselves out of worse shit. Nobles Jesus. really are the 2% here. Yeah. They, they really can get away with stuff like this. Well, they'd probably just claim, oh, terrible batch of wine, what a tragedy, here's a donation to all their families, just stop looking now. Yeah. Regardless, uh, it's something that we need to make sure we're so heading off. I'm wondering, perhaps, I mean, commoners, I, I wonder, a doppelganger, could we possibly bribe or blackmail him to administer that he'll be there? It seems like a perfect, he can change his appearance. He could well, administer all, the antidote. It's all in the same area, is it not? Could we not nick off to the side grounds of the gardens and do it ourselves? Yeah, you can sneak out. It's effectively in their grounds, which is kind of like their backyard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you, you can sneak out. I just worry that if we are caught up in the other caper, we should have a backup. I've got a feeling there's quite a few moving parts to this whole situation. So we may need to set things up so that things happen at the same time. Mm. As an example, one of us might want to take charge of either handing the antidote off to someone or maybe doing it themselves. I would be of the... I would probably recommend that we take care of that ourselves, not leave it to an unknown factor. And, well, there's a bunch of other tasks for us to do at the same time so we should do both we can acquire two angles us to do but a backup in case we are caught up with Manoros or Grandma Death we should not risk 99 lives on the assurance that we'll be where we need to be when we will be because like there's a good chance we won't so I suggest us first but with a backup possibly a cat's paw amongst the 99 do we have a list of who is making up the uh, list of guests there you know who this would be perfect for Mm-hmm. Ah, backwards man, kitty hands. <gasps> Able to yes. change shape, wanting to do a good job, directly striking against Asmodeus. This is absolutely his wheelhouse. I couldn't and if he more. can't protect him from himself from a bunch of commoners on the ground, he's, you know. Plus, I have to imagine whatever he's striving towards to shrug off the demonic heritage, saving this is perfect. lives. Wrecking a ritual of Asmodeus himself, he's the perfect cat's paw, no pun intended. Should we uh, send out one of the kids to go grab him then? Yes. Seeing how close we are to this mm-hmm. starting. Perfect. I'll Great stuff. So you go back upstairs, you grab Nat, who, you know, is still sitting there periodically looking looking in a spoon at her reflection and her haircut, and you ask her to go and grab Victor Trench. Mm -hmm. Wait, and she does. Victor Trench arrives in his typical, you know. (laughs) I have one too now. I turn into him, then I turn into a tiger man, then I turn back. He says, Looking good. (laughs) He says, So, how can I help? Uh, We wish you to disrupt a ritual of Asmodeus. We think it's in your wheelhouse. Oh my. It will require stealth and a bit of cunning and guile, and frankly, if you can't do it, then... Mm. He just sort of turns his hat slightly. 
and says and, and leans forward because he's he it's nighttime with the troll skull so there are some mm. patrons in here which is why he's doing the victor trench yes. thing but just leans close and says i will be happy to help in any way that i can where is it in addition to the good party they're also having a bit of a poor person party outside commoners 99 to be invited a special cask of red being breached oh, and yes. laced with midnight poison i see and, and you'd like me to ensure that does not happen. does not happen you may entrust me with this mm. i swear it Good. We will also try and do it. I see no harm if two antidotes are administered, but basically leaving it till the last moment, if possible, without endangering the lives of the commoners. Absolutely. Because it must not be detected beforehand, but they won't know it's failed until midnight. I believe they'll probably breach the cask as soon as they get there to ensure maximum coverage, but they'll make a little event of it, no doubt, to ensure that everybody drinks. Absolutely. If we can find out who it is that's testing the poison, the quality of the cask. I imagine that will happen all before it comes out. But just my description, it will be brought out, bit of a ceremony, the testing will have been done right beforehand. They'll bring it out, breach it, hurrah. If we can... If you can get in on it being brought out, and I imagine with his shape changing, I mean, heck, he can just replace whoever's bringing it out, eat them. You don't even need to put the antidote in the wine, you can just put it in the glasses too. Yes, that's also, you know, smear the... I mean, he he is a... That is not in our glasses to do, but yes, I agree. Or or, or, um, line the inside of the tap, the keg. One of their cult Mm. members is the chef, and she is an absolutely terrible person. Good. I will happily kill her and take her persona. I mean, yes. I mean, I'd say that's a terrible thing, but I've done it a few times myself, so. And uh, you can console yourself that this is, as I say, striking right at the heart of Asmodeus's plans. Absolutely. So It'll I benefit both of us. Yes, our interests align. Good. Right. Swear to it. He stands by yeah. Nice talking to you. Place is looking great. Turns around, Walter. Hang on, you're going to need the antidote. <laughs> okay, he, he, sorry, I assumed, <laughs> no, I, I assumed you gave him the antidote. <laughs> yes. He takes it and goes. Yeah. All right. I think we can rely on him for that. Agreed. Selfish interest, if nothing else. All right. Number one priority is the Stone of Galore, which is at the temple. The eye. Anything that happens to uh, Grandmother Death, to uh, Memoros, are secondary concerns. I'm not entirely sure that everybody agrees with that. I believe saving the lives of the, saving the souls of the children from hell ranks highly on some of our to-do lists. I don't disagree, but for tonight, we need to strike at Manoros tonight. This is our only chance for the de- for the ritual to work with the dagger. That, that's right, isn't it? No, you no. can do it any, at any point. Oh, but I this is but this, it's but a this good is opportunity the time. to do it. It's, yeah. it's an opportunity for okay. yeah. There are certain nights, there are certain times in which hell rituals uh, can be done. This is one of many. Oh, okay. So this is not I think the, that's the, the only one, but it's, yeah. I would rank it at least equal importance to the stone. And I think at least Hurst would agree with me. So someone <laughs> needs to be on stone duty, or, or the eye duty, mm-hmm. and the other needs to stab Grandma Death with the dagger. No, no, stabbing Manoros with the dagger. Grandma Death can be stabbed with anything. So I thought it was basically we could take a fully corrupt soul with the dagger, and that that would basically be an exchange for... I thought that had to be Manoros because he was a black guard. It, it is unknown whether or not Grandma Death would be sufficiently pure yeah. evil enough for it to work. It is undoubtedly, though, because he's a black guard, that he mm. definitely pure would be, have a, a pure evil soul. I mean, hell, stab her too. Why not? I mean, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I thought it was just like an either-or type I mean, don't get me wrong. You're, ki- you're going to be killing her too, mostly mm. because she'll be down there yeah. and will react to you. So now, I, I you just know, thought it was Manoros is a sure thing. Incidentally, you find out they're both quite powerful. So you'll, yeah. you will likely want to all be there because yes. you know that she casts from the seventh circle. Oh, good. The Castellanters cast from the ninth, by the way. They are, they are epic spellcasters. Not epic, but they're very powerful. Sounds epic. If we- she, Grandma Death casts from the seventh circle and is purportedly uh, a dangerous customer, a- a- as is Mamoros. Yes. So getting the drop will be. They're fine. all going to be in the same room. In the temple. 
Yeah. So they'll be in the same complex. So not the eye same. is in the same room that they're both in as well. You believe the eye resides in the temple. That's yes. what Jalaxel has gleaned. Assuming, of course, that I it's the right. The plan is actually simpler than we think it is mm. there. I think mm. we need to go kill them, get Mamoros with the dagger specifically, yeah. and then grab the eye. That's exactly what we, yeah, yeah. Do like not, we do not take on the castle lantern. We can probably get them on side like, you know, they're willing to do anything to save their kids. If they catch us in the act, I think that's an excellent idea. We basically yes. shrug and say, we saved your kids. You said by any means, it just cost you your blackguard. I think that if they catch us. This might allow us to get out of this thing relatively unscathed, assuming that we uh, survive. I suggest we also don't bring the stone with us. No. Otherwise, we ha- if we oh, fail, we hand it all to them. So we leave that in the care of someone we trust and someone who also is not likely to be suspected. So not never, never Ember. Of course not. For he, he's, he's suspected of having it. He is attending, by the way. I think also if things go completely tits up, we maybe make an appeal to the uh, lady what's-her-face. Lady Silverhand. We quickly make it known, loudly and assuredly. Like we, bring her, we bring our case to her any way we can, just to have her intercede. It may bias sometime. Much as I dislike the law looking down, I feel they're very much on the side of right this time. Uh, but I strongly suggest we don't take the stone or the eye with us, otherwise we're handing them that if we fail. Then we are yeah. going to need to find a place to leave it. That's safe. Now, as far as preparation goes, you have access to Farla's potions. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so they will give you, really, for this, if you explain the importance, they will give you a selection of whatever potions you like. We wanted, I still, this was for Nihilor, we wanted proof against mind control and charm effects. I feel that's still a good idea, given Grandma Death's, you know, proclativities. I think having one of us turn on the other could be very dangerous. Anything that has to do with uh, removing poison is going to be a priority too. Mm. And possibly anything guarding us, warding us against necrotic. You want to combine no. potions though. So, uh, I'm sorry, cure poison, that, that's fine. That's, that's a shot. That's, yeah, that's yeah. not a problem at all. However, the you'll have to choose between protection from mind control or protection from poison or, or necrotic I, guess. I will take mind control for I feel it would be very bad if I was concealed and started taking pot shots at you with my unerring accuracy yes I think for the same reason I'll take mind control as well great in which case yeah I'll go for removing poison and I'm just taking a quick look if there's anything else that stands out to me check your spells guys those who have them yeah mm-hmm. up to up to second level spells in potion form you can you can get uh, Hurst you'll probably like to be up in front and centre so perhaps if you ward against necrotic or death magic you're likely to receive the brunt of that I feel mm-hmm. from Manoros and Grandma Death uh, also regarding armour and actually no we, God. we can probably get away with leather I feel like anything higher than leather is going to attract some attention if we're trying to depending on how we're trying to get in how are we planning to now, get in now here's, here's the really fun part because of the harp because of your harp or contacts you can actually get glam weave for no additional cost, Ooh. put into whatever armor that you choose. So Yoink. if you get plus one magical armor, oh. then you actually get to also have it be yeah. an illusion. And it can turn whatever clothing you like. My hat of disguise yeah. does that for clothing as well for me. Your hat of disguise does that anyway. I'll just check, because it doesn't change my features, it changes my... Exactly. Oh, yeah, good. I have disguise self, so... Are you getting plus one armor, Jez? So I think we worked out everyone could afford get to get that. One. Well, I didn't say that I was going to do that during the downtime, so I'm happy to just keep disguise oh, self. No, this is a separate thing. Though. This, this is, is beforehand. This is just you send someone off to purchase because you have a lot of money now I was thinking to, to give you guys this. So, so just so you're aware your armor now can actually be made to look like whatever clothing you like it's called glamour weave mm-hmm. so you won't need to get dressed up for the party you can just put on your armor your adventuring gear and then just transform it into whatever glorious ball gown that you like as wow. we're getting in I'm pretty confident that we have essentially access and invite our intention is to be here with the in- 
intent of letting the Castellancers know our progress. Yes, and also just because you know you're working with them now, they want you invited. Yeah, yep. there's a, there's no issue with there whatsoever. Basically, what I'll I'll do, what Josie will do for um, her plus one armor is she'll don that and then make it look like one of the dresses that uh, Mrs. Castellanta gave to me. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, well, you can perfectly replicate it. That's yep. that's no worries at all. Excellent. So I'd like to know what is everyone else's uh, fancy clothing? Is is Hurst rocking the traditional druid garb again? Yes. And Izzy is also the, the mm-hmm. silk wizard robes and, and pointed, hat. pointed Gandalf hat. Oh, and man. It, there, there was one consolation when Izzy went clothes shopping. Yes. The hat. And it was the goddamn <laughs> hat. Great. And Lyle, are you uh, dressed up in a nice little oh, halfling yes. suit? Yes, absolutely. Very much what I described, I think, in the last game, which was mostly uh, creams, greens, and gold. Awesome. I love it. Uh, and very Hobbit-like. All right, then. Nick, describe in detail what your augmented fancy clothing looks like. Well, um, it all derives from my hat, so I'll be wearing a tricorn hat for the foreseeable future to Great. the rest of my gear. Uh-huh. Definitely, yes, it's like a long velvet red coat. Okay. Big, ornate cuffs with the lace coming out. Nice. Gold buttons and trim. Intricate gold weave about the collar. Quite a large collar mm-hmm. and also lapels. On the inside, a double-breasted what appears to be leather waistcoat. Okay. A little bit ahead of fashion sense at the time, you know. Dark brown pants, knee-high leather boots, and a selection of rather fine belts, which, you know, hide my various bits and pieces and whatnot. Fantastic. I think my crossbow's probably strapped to my back, and my rapier at my hilt, mm-hmm. and they're sort of done up to basically make it look like part of the outfit. So it's like, yes, he has that. That's because well, he's dressed the illusion can cover those, by the way. Oh, okay, well, it covers them. Okay, yep. great. Yep. So, yes, uh, looking very fine. I've got my real rings on my fingers, and... Uh, Fantastic. Are you catching a carriage there, or are you... You going to be walking? Oh yes, I'll just walk like a pleb to the fanciest ball in town. <laughs> all right. So you you go out and you all hail the carriage, I guess, and you all yes. have a little. <laughs> oh, it's like you're going to prom. You all sit across from each other in the back of the carriage. You maybe have a, a sip of wine that you brought from the Troll Skull. Oh, and yes, all that kind of thing. There's never ever catching a lift with us. No, because he's bringing it. He's bringing a date, and all so right. he'll be coming with his plus one. All right, excellent. So at some point or another, we're going to have to take Never Ember aside, and oh, he'll, he will be meeting you there for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. But just as a before then, our intentions aren't simply to attend. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. There are other things, but which some of which you are aware based on uh, your attendance at the meeting with Castle Lancers uh, some ten days ago. Oh, I see. Even if this all works according to plan, then we have every reason to believe that the Castle Lancers are not going to be particularly pleased with our actions, and they know that you associated, if not a patron of us. So Neverember says, "Yes, I understand, and believe me when I say that I owe you my life, and so any risks involved in this are going to be ones that I will bear gladly." The easy, uh, the quicker that you can, that you and uh, anyone else that you value can make yourself scarce around midnight, the better. I see. Absolutely. I will do what I can. Let me know if you require anything of me. If you need to speak to anybody there at at the party. Excellent. Thank you. you. If you need a distraction. If you need me to occupy the Castellantas. He he takes a deep breath and says, "Uh, they have... A predilection to indulging in their appetites during their balls. And they have invited me into their bedroom on more than one occasion. Oh. If you, if it would help and you would like me to distract them for a time, I would be willing to do so. Excellent. <laughs> he says, looking a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Okay, so cut Let's to you in the carriage. Him out. Yes. Oh my god, uh, where have we left the stone? Actually, that's a very good question. And unless stated otherwise, uh-huh. I'm going to assume that Lyle has it on his yes. person. So let's state that otherwise. All right, what do you mean? care have we left it in? Grandma's probably a pretty good selection. I, I was literally just going to say, I, I trust Granny. I trust Granny with anything. Yeah. She is one of the more capable people we know. 
and nobody will ever suspect her of anything because she looks just like a little old woman, which I guess she is, but, you know. <laughs> and she can just legit disappear if ne- if needed. Her stealth skills are off the charts. She's, she's not going to sell it. Yeah, or we'll <laughs> possibly place it, hide it somewhere and then forget where it is. I mean, that's a, that's a possibility, <laughs> but still the safest option I think we have. I wonder how many times Izzy has had to, like, gently usher her out of the tower. She's everywhere. She's yeah. everywhere. She's everywhere you don't she want to be. She will probably bake yeah. it into a delicious cake for us. Great. No, we're not baking things, <laughs> things anymore. Again. Oh. She's knitted it into a sweater, okay? okay. It's far no. more reasonable. Oh, I, I, I now know where the whole, like, baking things into bread and cakes has yeah. come from. Yes, yes. It was, like, one of the first lessons. So, with that then, we cut to you in the carriage on the way. It is the last day of spring, and spring is holding on in its death throes. It is storming. So you are glad to be catching a carriage and thus staying out of the torrential downpour of rain that is battering down around you, as you are also surrounded by the early evening fog that always exists at dawn and dusk. For dramatic purposes. For dramatic purposes, of course. It's very Dracula, as your carriage Mm -hmm. thunders along down the cobblestone streets, surrounded by fog, the rain pelting down our head. A flash of lightning dramatically crests the sky above you. It is about that point that I'm going to need everybody to make a dexterity saving throw, as there is a scream from the horse that is taking the wagon, likewise a scream from your carriage driver, and then the entire wagon is hit by something which topples it onto its side. Looks like someone doesn't want us at the party. Rude. Six. Twenty-two. Oh my god. Yes, oh. I'm drunk. Oh. A natural twenty. Yeah, I pre-gamed hard. Natural twenty. A nine. Okay. Well, guys, it's been nice. To anybody that failed their dexterity saving throw, will which you is, please take... Sorry, which is what? Oh, sorry, which is... The, the DC is 12. Right, oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Anybody that failed is going to take four points of bludgeoning damage as you do not brace yourself properly as the carriage literally just... There is a, there is a screech and sparks fly up around you as the window next to you smashes and one of the wheels and axles, you know, scrapes along the cobblestones. Uh, the horses are clearly dead. You can see that there's a splatter of blood that goes across the ground. Initiative, please. As you are all now currently the- trapped in this capsized carriage. 21. Uh, Lyle. Uh, 13. Sorry, no, my apologies. Uh, 8. It's very different, then. <laughs> very soft. <laughs> Not yet. Very 18. Easy. Natural 20. 20-something. 20 so what is it? Um, sorry. Uh, oh, God, where am I? Probably 19. 21. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, who wants to go first out of Nick and Izzy? I'm drunk. <laughs> I've stated I'm drunk. You go first. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hurst, what did you get? <laughs> Oh, oh, thank you for asking, Tom. I got a 13. Izzy, you are first. You can hear footsteps outside. Foots, specifically footsteps. Specifically. All right. So we know they have feet. Okay. And the carriage is outside. Yes. I mean, you can oh. scramble out as part of your movement, of course. That's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curse is going to Kool-Aid man out the roof. <laughs> I was going to shout at the carriage, actually. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> listen, the carriage is already on its side. It's already ruined. Why not shatter the whole thing? Thunderwave would also do that. You remember Thunderwave, don't you, Ben? Guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what are you doing? Um, okay. I'm okay with this plan. Yeah, you're not within... I'll know. allow it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to make a bit of a show of it. Yeah, all right. I'll cast Shatter. Yeah, so again, at the the opposite door so that it shatters <laughs> upward and outward. That's <laughs> awesome. Now, that means the shatter has to be inside the carriage where we are. Shatter I, is hang very on, big. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang I on. I need my I've got ears something to hear. For that. I've got something for that. Is it earplugs? <laughs> no. So shatter. Thing, here's the thing. 
I've got sculpt spells, which means I can choose one, two, three, four. Four of you guys. Uh, do they have to do a saving throw, don't they? This is very vocation-based spells, Sam? Yes. You need to make a constitution saving throw. But yeah. with sculpt spells, you automatically succeed. Oh, good. So we only take half damage. Uh, you, can, you can target the carriage, the end of the carriage, yes. without, yeah. without targeting you inside the carriage. And actually, you can hear some big footsteps outside. So if you want to target the top half of the carriage and whatever the big footsteps are coming from, if you're... Actually, would that be okay? Yes, you, you can sure can. Absolutely. 100% do that. So that happens. You cast Shatter. There's an explosion of steel axles and a wheel comically soars through the air and bounces and goes through somebody's upper story window. Splinters and shards of wood fly out at the troll, the gigantic fucking troll that is standing out there on the street next to what appears to be a hobgoblin. Cool! A hobgoblin in chainmail armor with a mace and a shield. And next to the next to said hobgoblin, you can see that there are no less than five heavily armed thugs, men and women, mostly human. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in- entirely human, in fact. Uh, who are dressed in very, very clearly the purple leather armor of the Xanathar guild. Cool! You notice that the, the troll is currently holding the severed head of the horse in one hand and the severed and the severed head of the driver in the other as it throws it down but then also gets blasted with a bit of damage yeah and nick I will leap up, out, and back, propel myself in the opposite direction that they are. Sure. So sort of leaping up quite elegantly out of the carriage. Gotcha, yes. And then just back backwards yeah. as I, you know, and as running backwards, I'll take a shot. Perfect. So, so I like place my car- by the, as much distance between myself yeah. and on the opposite side of the carriage, hoping to obscure myself. Yes. I so will John then... John style, flipping back and... Uh... Yeah, as a bonus action, I will uh, in- go insightful on the troll. Yes, okay. So I'll, like, have a good... He's the big fellow, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. I'll just look for his weaknesses and the way he moves. Like looking for a weak spot, essentially. This sure. is my roguish ability. So it is uh, wisdom insight. So are you, is... are you are you hiding or are you doing? No, this? no. This is a bonus action. We're going to hide. So bonus action okay. to get insightful on him. Gotcha. It is versus his uh, charisma deception. Wow, that's really high control. So good luck, buddy. Um, yeah. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> 13 or something. Yeah, so you succeed. Yes, all right. So now I have, uh, basically, I have sneak attack on him. Time seems to slow for you. You Mm. notice that he has a uh, a certain sections of his neck, and you you basically rub it down his Sherlock Holmes' movements. (laughs) So now I have sneak attack on every attack I'm making at him. Not advantage, though. Fantastic. And so I'll take my shot at him as my action. Okay. Uh, That is a 17 to hit. So that will hit. Good. Then I will roll with sneaky damage. It's a D8 with my... My magical crossbow off skunk face. That's a bad roll. Four plus four is 13 damage. 13, you say? Okay. Not too bad. So the crossbow bolt thuds into its rubbery green neck and just kind of sticks there. And already you can start to see that the flesh is kind of warping and slowly pushing it out. Wolverine style. But you still damage it. That's for sure. It is then their turn. So the troll just surges forward and is going to go for the biggest target. So I'm assuming that's Hurst. I am still in the carriage though. The carriage is now most of the story. There is is half of a skeleton of the carriage propped up against the corpse of the horse. Well, yes, I guess it's Hurst then. Okay then, so it's going to surge forward and lash out at you with two swiping claw attacks and a bite. The first claw swings at your head and you just, through pure force of luck, hopefully with the rain in its eyes, it tears through a large section of the remains of the carriage above your head, but does not hit you. The second one is definitely going to hit you for... 
nine points of damage, and then it's still grabbing the tendrils of your, you know, I guess your armor actually, pulls you in for a bite, which is a critical hit, sir. I'm so sorry. So that is going to be 15 points of damage as its fangs sink deep into your upper shoulder. Then the hobgoblin is going to rush forward and look around. Like, like the hobgoblin appears to be looking for someone who is not here and looks to you, Lyle, looks to, and sort of with a really calculated look, effectively decides to go for Izzy. Ooh, fuck. Going perhaps for a sort of a spell caster. So he starts to swing his, sorry, it isn't a mace, it's a, um, a flail, a ball chain, basically. <laughs> Whips it over his head, holding his shield out in front of him. Uh, tries to crash it over your head. Is he? What is your armor class? Eleven. Okay, that but is. A, yeah, may but. I do a reaction? Of co- well, of course you may. Always. I would like to cast shield. Perfect. That'll bring him to sixteen. Oh, great! That'll make him miss. Sorry. In that case, then. Uh, so the, the the flail comes down at the last minute. You hold up your little hand, and a anime-style globe of arcane <laughs> yeah, I love it. of arcane shield energy comes. Well, that's kind of what it looks like, right? Yeah. And, and the mace just kind of smashes off it. There's an explosion of blue arcane sparks and you are untouched. It, yes. gla- it glares at you in frustration and then goes to strike at you again and likewise would have hit you but for the shields because it lasts until the beginning of your next turn. Yes. So both of his attacks um, flail <laughs> <laughs> uselessly on your arcane protection. That is then going to be uh, the thug's turn. So the thugs are going to sh- surge forward and two of them are going to go for Nick and three of them are going to go for Jez. Oh shit. Out of interest how can they reach me? If Although, I move they're standing in front of the carriage and yep. I come out of the carriage backwards and move the maximum squares oh you move like up the street straight back oh so you're like standing in the middle of the street like but further, but further back from Wait, the carriage yes. I move full movement oh, away I, from them I, I apologise I, I, I thought that you perhaps had scrambled just behind the wreckage lucky Jez you, you get all of them then oh fuck sorry Jez no that's okay it'll be two for Lyle and three for Jez oh. what is your armor class Jez it's 15 so a pale faced woman tries to gut you with a short sword you expertly block her attack another fellow at the same time tries to smash you over the head uh, with a, uh, a small hatchet. That's going to hit you for five damage. What that narratively looks like is you mostly block it, but you kind of stumble back a little bit and are kind of pressed up against the wreckage of the carriage, while the third fellow tries to uh, stick his blade into your throat while you are off balance, but fails miserably and almost stabs himself, frankly. Lyle. Mm-hmm. Your two assailants, two very grim-looking women, who actually look like sisters, mm. they surge forward. They've got sort of cudgels, you know, like sort of small, mostly metal, you know, hand maces. Mm-hmm. And they try to basically just crack your head open like an egg. And your armor class, sir, is? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. So, one of them hits you for five damage. The other one misses you entirely. Mostly as you're kind of knocked to the side a little bit. So, you mm-hmm. you mostly deflect their blows. That is their turn entirely. Jez. Okay, so Jez is going to actually try a spell for once. Wow. And go for Tasha's hideous laughter on the... It's the troll that's got um, Hurst at the moment. Is that correct? That is correct. So that's a wisdom saving throw. Not exactly where the troll is most proficient. Charisma, deception, wisdom. Unsurprisingly, the troll, while still biting into Hurst's shoulder, or mostly Hurst's armor, frankly, Mm -hmm. just kind of like puts its head back and just sort of <laughs> and then just falls down to the ground rolling around laughing intensely can I hide as a bonus action as always part of what I do behind so... the wreckage you can but but if you do so you'll provoke an AO from the two that are engaged with you I can well listen I can disengage as a bonus action yeah so I'll just do that okay. instead so you cast the oh. spell effectively on the troll you disengage and just kind of move back about 10 feet or so pretty much again trying to angle a little bit behind any cover there might be around I don't think there's much though in the middle of the street though no, so. like, like 
it or not, Jess is kind of a melee person. Just because, you know, you're not a ranged person, so someone's going to get the brunt of it. In fact, if you back off, then all five might go for Lyle, which might not be a fun yeah. thing. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go too far. Okay, no problem. But you back off a little bit. Make, make him come for you, Hurst. All right, so Hurst has a troll laughing, but mm. up in his business. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're all sort of tied kind of in melee with these dudes. Yeah. Well, you were tied in melee with the troll, which is now mm-hmm. no longer the case. You are free to move. Yeah. You're all very tight-packed, except for Nick, who's further back. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're all you're sort of around, <laughs> being buffeted by rain and wind, lightning crackling above your head as you sit next to the corpse of a horse and a ruined carriage. Uh, Hurst is going to turn into an ape. Good. Which will be a fun time for the troll <laughs> <laughs> trying to hold on to him. Oh yes, most certainly. Lyle. Alright, I am going to blow a third level spell slot because we are going to need to wrap this up but also keep as much resources as we can for the next thing. Mm. Yes. Uh, and cast Spirit Guardians which take the form of angelic-like spirits. In this instance, they are familiar res- uh, resemblance to uh, Lyle's family. His um, Aww, grandfather, no. grandmother, mother, father, uh, aunt and uncle. That's great. I love it. That's really cool. Anyone around me for a distance of 15 feet are going to get affected by this unless there are people that I nominate and that can be anyone that I see. So unless I can't see Nick if he's if you're eventually You'd see me. Like I'm not hiding yet. No, but you step back 30 feet and I'm hearing rain and uh, lightning and what have you. He would be dimly visible. Particularly okay, then good. Alright. Basically, an affected creature's speed is half Okay. And the creature, uh, any creature that enters uh, the area or starts its turn there, must make a wisdom saving throw. And damage is um, what's coming up, regardless of whether they succeed or fail. Fantastic. All right then. So they're making a wisdom saving throw. So on the start of their turn. In that case, then it is back to round two. And Izzy. Okay. Who have we got left? Well, everyone. All of them. Everyone. Cool. 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 The troll is the troll is wounded, but uh, uh, all of them remain. I feel like the troll is going to be the biggest problem. Yes. Okay. Uh, right. Yep. I'll cast fireball. Fantastic. Well, make an attack roll. Now, it's prone, and you are next to it, so you will have advantage, not disadvantage. Ah, cool. Because otherwise, ranged attack. Yes. Oh, shit. You have disadvantage with range unless they're right next to you, in which case it's just like... Natural 20. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Beautiful. Roll a d10, I believe. 2d10. 2d10, yeah. Make that 15 points of damage. Fantastic. So... Oh, hold on. Um, Wait, fifth level. That increases Uh, by 1d10. Oh, it does, does it? Yes. 23 points of damage. That's amazing. Great stuff. So, (gasps) the troll's hideous racking laughter is is punctuated by a scream of pain as you shoot a nice clear bolt of fire directly into its face. Yes. Uh, The stench is just... Yeah, it's kind of pleasant, actually. It's, uh, really? No, it's not. It's terrible. No. Um, but it, it howls and screams and does does not regenerate. That is their next turn. I will shift my focus now to the Hobgoblin attacking Izzy. Okay. Because he is engaged. The troll's down, and I'm going to have disadvantage hitting him anyway. The Hobgoblin's engaged with you, meaning I yes. have advantage on it, because it's engaged with you. You don't have advantage, but you do have Sneak the attack But Okay, good. Just as good, I guess. Not quite as good, but still useful. <laughs> um, so I'll just uh, yeah, fire at him. The Perfect. Hobgoblin leader. Uh, that is a 18 to hit. Hit. Yes. 15, 19 damage to the Hobgoblin leader. So a little black fletched bolt shoots forward. He tries to deflect it with his shield, but really just ends up diverting it into his thigh. So uh, the, the crossbow bolt buries itself right up to the. What well, is it? Because it doesn't have feathers, does it? But it does. Uh, it, it does, yeah. It's got quillian feathers because it's magic, so it can look like what I want. Of course. Fantastic. So up and to the feathers in his thigh. He screams in pain. Bonus action. I will then throw myself flat against the wall in the misty, rainy conditions and yes. hide. Okay. Make a hijack. 
Uh, not great, but there it is. Uh, so stealth at ten. Okay. Do I have advantage because it's raining and it's night? No, it just, it just means you can. Yeah. Aha. Yeah. Very good. So in that case, then what is going to happen is basically a bit of a rinse and repeat of last time. So the hobgoblin is still gritting its teeth in anger. He's just going to savagely try to smash Izzy in the face again. All right. Before he does. Yes. If um, they're within fifteen feet of me, mm. uh, wisdom saving throw DC fourteen. Fail. All right, that's one, two, three, 14 points of radiant damage. So as he goes to <laughs> swing down, one he, of the spirit guardians, one of the spirit guardians just uh, steps forward and I, I reckon it's a backstab. I reckon a little, little half on ghost backstabs. Yeah, is it's like I mean, in niece. Oh my god, that's so great. No, ugly. Is he like lifts up their hand to cast shield? But you don't need to. No, yeah, I don't yeah. need to. No, no, no. But then I see this little yeah, like your your, your fingers start to. Make Make the, uh, the the briefest of uh, arcane gestures to once again cast shield. Thankfully, it is not needed because the the radiant energy just completely. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like the idea of just these little halfling ghosts, uh, guardians, glowing in their radiant damage, just really using dirty fighting, just like kneecap <laughs> him and slit his throat and backstab him, and he's dead. Now, d- does this include the others as well? Anything that starts its turn within fifteen feet of me is going to get affected by this. Or- so that's all five of them. So all five of the folks are likewise dead. Okay, so they each have to make a DC saving throw if you... Oh, I, I roll one through. Oh, okay, fair enough. If, okay. if, if we're okay with that, by the way, yeah, yeah, something yeah. I should check. If ever it's an area effect spell, I always just roll once with the I love that you we're... ask this after everyone's dead. No, it's just... No, it's great. I wasn't sure if it was like it was yeah. only one target or literally yeah. everyone in the area. Yeah. So it's perfect. We just see these 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 transparent, glowing, shining, happy-looking halflings <laughs> running around slitting the throats and kneecaps of these, uh, of these oh thugs and just... God. Stabbing them to death, you know. Uh, the troll, likewise, is going to take 15 points of radiant damage as well, and is going to be not dead, but is very, very hurt. Still laughing though. That's the most <laughs> macabre part of all this. While its its well, face is burning and halflings are stabbing it, it's just giggling its head off as it rolls around on the ground. And then that's going to be uh, Jez's turn. My thing is, is that like when I I think it's not going to matter anyway. So this is concentration, um, hideous laughter. Yep. And so if I attack it, does that? Fine. No, fine. no, that's fine. It's just when tanks. you get attacked. Yeah. If okay. you take or damage. Or if I cast another spell yeah. or something. Correct. No, you can cast another spell while so maintaining concentration. Yeah. As long as it's not another concentration spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I am going to... Well, I can, I can roll for stealth to sneak. You don't need to because you already have an advantage because it's prone. Oh, okay. Just walk up and just while it's prone, just you know, stick it with both your both your blades. Yeah. Controls so... are not immune to poison, which I find surprising. But that's okay. Or resistant to it at all. So yeah, full damage with your magic dagger. Yeah, definitely gonna move up to it. Going to the dagger. I imagine thirteen plus seven is gonna hit. Yes, most certainly. <laughs> advantage. So you have plus advantage. also sneak. Oh yes. That's natural twenty on my. Oh advantage. my gosh! So that's a critical hit on a sneak attack. Fantastic. Nice. Double. Is it double dice or is it maximum? No, no, you double, double all the dice. So with the rain pouring down upon you, lightning crackling in the sky above. Uh, 30. 30. Fantastic. So, you utterly kill this troll. Your poison dagger, your magical poison dagger, sticks deep into this thing's brain. You twist, and it falls still. The rain continues to descend upon you, and you sit there in the fog. Well, now we have to bloody walk. 
Well, we're also soaking as well. That's also, what was that about? Um, let's move to the eaves of one of the uh, buildings. You the Xanathar Guild, probably after so. our stone again. This isn't the first time we've run into hobgoblins in purple armor. You were unaware that the Xanathar knew anything about you or that you had the stone. This is true. I've been keeping in fairly Someone's close. Someone's been telling tales outside of school. I'm failing to see how, though. The only person who has any reason to suspect us is, Grin- is uh, Grinda. And she's made overtures to uh, betray her allegiance to it may just be that they're attacking all. Xanathar might be attacking every noble carriage going to the party in hopes of disrupting it and or finding the stone. Can anybody give me, retroactively, an insight check? Yep. Yep. What were they here for? And an investigation check. Well, I was about to search the bodies if I can do that. You certainly can. Uh, 23. 19. Great. So you know for a fact that the Hobgoblin was leading this uh, assassination attempt and likely none of you were its intended target. Mm-hmm. He was he was looking for someone that was not there. Yeah. Searching the hobgoblin's body, you find a sketch of Grindagaloth. Oh. Yeah, a sketch of Grinda Garloth. No, we'll give a Garloth to silence her. Sorry, Grinda. Grinda, yes. Which leans credence to the fact that she has betrayed them. This is an elaborate ruse to go through. Not beyond the Xanathar's conception, but all the same. So that's what you find. Okay, so you stand there under the under the eaves of a nearby building, staring at the corpses on the street. Now, this is a water-deep city street, so while people mm-hmm. have not come out to get Best involved, game. you can to your bottom dollar that the city watch will be on the way very very quickly so i guess the question is do you want to hang around or would you like to make yourself scarce 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 uh-huh. you have the advantage that all this took place in a torrential storm mm. surrounded by fog so even if people were peering from their attic windows or whatnot they would not be able to make you out so soon with lyle's amazing ability to navigate the city you scamper about until the point where you are basically just making your way through the city streets until you get up to the seaboard where the Castellanta Villa is. The cobblestone streets give way to the big, broad, beautifully flat flagstones. The area around here becomes hillier. There are larger mansions and other great edifice-like buildings all around. Huge statues, not just the actual walking statues of Waterdeep, but just very large fountain displays seem to festoon just about every crossroad around here. You are surrounded by the old decadence and wealth of this very old and wealthy city. The Castellanta villa is resplendent as always. You can see that they have gone all out. Out in front, you can see that there is a road, an absolute road of rose petals. It must be just thousands and thousands of roses used. Floating transparent lanterns adorn each and every of the main points on the walls around their estate. You can see that there are fairy fire lights magic magically created that drift around like multicolored globes uh, shining in various uh, colors and so forth. As you make your way in, Willafort is right there at the gate to greet everyone, uh, mm-hmm. essentially taking invitations. Willafort is dressed in a golden suit with a white silk cravat. As you approach, you can see that there are many beautiful carriages that are just lining the street for a couple of blocks around. Mm-hmm. And people, just like the Oscars, they get out and they are, they are escorted down and um, a few people are waiting in the initial courtyard area, but Willafort seems to be the main person here. There are the house guard, as you recall, are just they're just regular guards, but they are dressed in full plate gilded armor with long flowing red silk capes. 
So, frankly, they're a bit wealthy. They're a bit posh. A little bit posh. You're getting uh, that vibe. A little bit getting that vibe. Amalia is standing at the door to the actual main manor itself, and Will- mm-hmm. Willafort is just standing there with a couple of guard next to him. As you approach, if you recall, he's an elderly tiefling. His uh, horns are actually a little bit filed down, so as to be unobtrusive and uh, well manicured. He's got sort of, you know, darker, craggly, sort of purplish blue skin. And as you approach, he just, you know, politely smiles and holds out his clawed hand for your invitation, which I assume you give to him. Yeah. Fantastic. He says, good evening. Wonderful of you to attend. Lady Amalia will greet you at the door. He says, gesturing. With that, you start to make your way through the uh, the front entrance hall, I guess. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so the entrance hall itself is just this high vaulted ceiling and the guests are mingling here. This is clearly the nobility. So some of the outfits on display here are ludicrous. There is a very, very beautiful older woman, maybe in her early 60s or so. Uh, she is a half-elf and she's got actually blue hair because she's a half-moon elf and it is done up in a sort of a high bun and she is literally wearing fire. Nice! So she has a, a dress which is obviously a glamour weave but it manifests uh-huh. as blue fire which just kind uh-huh. of hugs her elegant form and trails behind her. This is like the Met Gala of... Oh, yes. <laughs> water... Waterhavian? Waterhavian? Indeed, yes. What did yes. we go with? Yeah, yes. Waterhavian. <laughs> there is another woman who is dressed in a feathered boa constrictor. <laughs> so this... She... So she basically, once again, a younger, noble woman. Uh, she's got sort of very short crop, almost like a crew cut of red hair, pale, freckled skin, and the, the boa constrictor itself is yellow and has yellow feathers. Oh, that is so and it cool. just twines itself around, you know, covering covering her bits basically, but it, it is just literally a snake wrapped around her. That is so and cool. And so, yeah, she just wanders around ca- casually sipping wine and, you know, there are various other ludicrous outfits, but that is just a, an example of some of the pinnacles. Uh, Jez uh, basically just whis- whispers rich people under her breath <laughs> at the sight of these absolutely ridiculous... <laughs> clothing pieces. There is a magnificent enormous harpsichord in the corner. Once again, gilded, of course. And there is a crimson carpet that runs through the main floor, but also there are just dozens and dozens and dozens and, sorry, hundreds I should say, hundreds of of red and pink rose petals. There's a crystal chandelier that reflects off more than three dozen holy symbols of a deity that is actually rather minor. And I'm going to need a knowledge religion check to even identify who it is. Nah, I've only got 11. Okay, that's fine. Actually, I will say that, Lyle, in your research into the Castellantas, you you know for a fact that uh, Siamorphe is is the demigod. So very, very minor deity, actually Mm -hmm. technically Mm. uh, only a demigod. And Siamorphe is essentially uh, a lawful good deity of uh, righteous nobility. So of of nobles' rights. One percent of God. Basically, Mm. so but but of nobles' right to rule, but also of nobles' requirement to be benevolent to those underneath them type thing. So basically, it's the uh, like the benevolent nobility, god of like Bene- the leader's duty to the people. Exactly so. Mm. Exactly right. Which is, of course, the cover story of yes. who they worship as a family. Mm. The god and, of the least obligé. And actually, in fact, who their ancestors probably did worship before things mm. happened. So Amalia. Amalia is dressed in her well. <laughs> 
her beautiful golden Bam. her beautiful golden dress. Although it's not technically a masquerade ball, some people are wearing masks, and she is one of them. That has she has a mask on a on a stick in front of her <laughs> face, which is just a beautiful sort of Shakespearean tragedy style golden mm. mask. And she wanders over to you and greets you all as you arrive and says, "Greetings, welcome. I'm so glad you could come. Oh, you all look resplendent." Mm-hmm. I would really like to roll to see if Jez can keep her shit together in this occasion. Sounds good. Let's do it. Slightly. Do you want to try and kiss her hand again? For, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I'm slightly try hoping for it going. Let's do Listen, it. I will try. <laughs> Have you been practicing on one of the dummies in your room or? Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm so pleased with this result. I got a one. <laughs> Fail again. <laughs> so, you tell so, me what happens. I don't even know. Okay, so so you so you go to take her hand, mm. and she gives you just this slightest eyebrow raise <laughs> of okay, I'm going to allow this this time. There's no chance it could be worse than last time, and I don't want to refuse to let you kiss my hand in front of all my important guests. So you grab her hand, and you kind of stumble a little bit, and you awkwardly trip, and actually just kind of have to plant your hand on her boob. Like you, just, you just grab her boob for stability, oh no. while, while simultaneously twisting her little finger as you half and fall, and there is this, there is essentially just this cry of alarm as you dislocate her little finger <laughs> and so and she but true to her true to her composure she doesn't even flinch in pain it's just this kind of and she just kind of gives you a sour look i mean just to say that she gives you a look of atomic disdain yeah. is an understatement if a look could set fire to a bassinet it would be this look. I, uh, atomic disdain I, wow that's I, a half-life of 50 years yeah i i'm so sorry I won't try to do that again. She takes her finger and looking at you, just maintains eye contact (laughs) and then just clicks her, pops her finger back in and says, oh, it's fine. The most innocent of accidents could have happened anywhere. It's all these rose petals. I told my husband they were too much. I'm surprised more people haven't slipped so far. She's just giving you just a, a winning smile. Like, it doesn't phase her at all. Oh, very kind, um, Amalia. Thank you. She leans forward and says, But listen, if you wanted to grab me, Ooh. you could have simply asked. Matt, I call upon you later on in the evening. Uh, sure. Oh, God. So anyone Everyone. wants to make an insight check can do so? We have work to do. <laughs> we uh, have I, our distraction. Uh, that's a 12. I feel like I don't need that much. <laughs> Oh, I just bumped... No, uh, 20. Okay. So you think that she means nefarious intent with that? Oh. Shocker. You don't know exactly what, but she really does not like Jez now. Uh, And and is looking to do something with her. Something bad. And not not bad in the fun way. No. Yeah, I was going to say, at this point I might deserve it, though. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair. Okay, so with that, you, you you, you quickly take your leave from her and you go out to mingle amongst the guests. Uh, Hurst leans into Jess and just says, uh, I would not take her up on that invitation. It is... She says she's forgiven you. Um, she hasn't. <laughs> Maybe she wants you to be one of her 99 people or something. So... Yeah, listen, um, I, I, I wasn't really considering it, to be honest with you. It's, look, it's... I mean, if any good's going to come out of this, it's, at least I'm not the one who put my foot in it this time. I'm not sure either of you would survive another encounter. <laughs> I've left. 
You moved on. Fantastic. Uh, I haven't done anything that makes them hate me. No, not so far. This time. <laughs> not so far. Give me time. It depends how attached they are to their um, black god. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.